Welcome to your Life Path Astrology reading. I'm so excited to dig into your chart with you. Just for the audience to get to know you, I would love if you can give us a line about what you do and a line about what you hope to get out of the reading. My name is Tanya Barrett. I am a life coach and grief coach, and I work with widows um, all over the world. And I hope to figure out maybe if I am definitely on my right path for what I'm doing and helping others. Awesome. And I love that you work with such um, a beautiful population because my mom, you, as you know, came, became a widow a few years ago. And it's such a, such an important support for, for humans on this um, earth path right now. So thank you for doing the work you do. All right. So let's, oh no, thank you. So let's dig in to the life path astrology. So this is a methodology that kind of has certain positions showing you um, if your, I joke that our meat suit is aligned with what our soul came here to do. And there are four plan placements that I joke that are kind of like the board of directors of the path that you're here uh, to be on. And the first is the sun because the sun is what we know. The sun is how we see ourselves. And you have your sun in fiery Aries, <laughs> and you also have it in the third house. So we'll start with the sun being in Aries, how you see yourself. Aries is the first sign, and it is a cardinal sign, which means it's always like cardinal signs is initiation. And when I think of a cardinal sign, I think of ideas going off in a brain like fireworks, like pew, 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 like mm -hmm. full of energy, full of fire, full of um ability to stand up and take lead for the ideas that they're coming up with as well. Um, cardinal signs don't always finish the idea, but they definitely start things up. And so that's kind of like maybe how you see yourself. You see yourself as a leader. You see yourself as very, like, very strong, like strong in, in the in the identity that you're standing in. Um, but it's interesting because it's also in the third house and the third house is the house of communication. So the other thing that you must see yourself as like probably a leader, uh, a, a vocal leader, uh, a person, a leader who's able to speak what's on their mind and heart. Um, as uh, You know, I think about speaking with leadership is what comes up for me as how you probably see yourself. Yes. Yeah. And that's a beautiful place to be now for you to know when it comes to your soul path. The sun is also our secret sauce, our creative niche. It's what kind of helps us stand out in the work that we do, that our soul is supposed to here to do. So what's going, what's your secret sauce is this powerful vocal leadership because not everyone's soul path needs a leadership. Maybe some soul path needs a little bit more balance, um, some softening, but there's a sense of there's going to be an attraction to what you do because of the way you speak, because of the way you show up, because of the way you lead the soul path that you're here to be on. Does it make sense? Yes, it does. So we had originally, I had originally placed the wrong time. So just to let you know, AM and PM matters. The, because the next position we're going to look at is the rising sign and the rising sign changes with like every 15 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. And when I originally calculated, you had your rising sign in a very different place, but you have yours based on a 12 AM morning or 1230 morning in Sagittarius. 
Yep. Yeah. So when we think of Sagittarius, so first of all, the rising represents how people see you. So the interesting thing is both Aries and Sagittarius are two out of the three fire signs. And so so there's a lot of um, the sense of you see yourself as fire and people see you as fire, but you see yourselves in different ways. So, so when I think of Aries, I think of a singular person. I think of very independent, uh, doing things on their own. And then Sagittarius, when I see Sagittarius, it represents two major themes. The first thing is, you know, the wander, the travel, international, wanderlust, you know, going abroad, foreign languages. And the other thing that uh, Sagittarius represents is higher education, higher knowledge, knowing more. But also, my experience is Sagittarius is often a teacher because they've acquired this information. They've acquired so much information that they've actually begun putting it into work. Um, so just to give you an idea, like there, every sign has like the opposite on the other side that kind of is reflecting something to them. So on the opposite side of Sag uh, Sagittarius is Gemini and Gemini is also considered an intellectual good with information, but Gemini tends to collect the information. And once you get to Sagittarius, it's like, oh, look, I've gotten all this information and now I'm going to do something with it and about it. I also think about um, Sagittarius as, um, you know, uh, you know, there's there's fire to it. And so there's a sense of like freedom. Like when I think about Sagittarius, it's not just being a teacher and being like, you know, here with all this information. I, I usually see Sagittarius as like fun. They put a fun spin to this. They bring adventure and and this like free spirit to things. Um, but it's also, it's very much about like from a soul. So here's the juicy, juicy part of a rising sign. It is the problem we're here to solve. So in your soul mm. path, the rising sign is kind of like the CEO. Sagittarius is saying, hey guys, this is what we're going to do. So your soul gets to do what Sagittarius is here to call, be called. And so you know, it's a master teacher, it's a philosopher, it's all about expanded awareness. And so that could be some of the things that your soul is here to solve. You could be, you might be here to help people discover their expanded awareness. You could be here to teach others how to be a master teacher. You could be here to help others understand how to philosophize, how to critically think, how to take the information they've gathered and begin to, you know, really go from gathering information to creating information that gets shared, that gets imparted, that gets to have more of an impact than just information that's sitting in one's mind. Um, because another way of thinking it is you could like, um, Sagittarius could help people discover the magic of the world and cultures. But my experience of you and the work you're doing is more about like, you get to help people really access the awareness in their mind. I love that really philosophize, like sit in the thoughts and then do something bigger with it. That's what comes up for me, especially with that Aries, that Aries fire, like you've got this fiery mind and then this intellectual rising, right? And so you get to bring those two together and, and really get, and you know, I would even, I wouldn't be surprised if part of what you do is getting, you help people solve the problem of discovering their, their expanded awareness, discovering their ability to be philosophical and then speaking 
to it because of that that Aries sun in the third house that you have. So that's that's the CEO. That's what you're doing. You're here to people. You're here to help people become philosophers. I love that. And I, I'm curious how that fits in with the work that you do with grieving widows. I guess, you know, when you're saying all that, I think about, yes, helping what, like when I'm helping some or coaching someone, it's getting them to tap into, you know, where their awareness is, what they are thinking, what they are feeling, how, you know, noticing triggers, noticing the world from a new perspective. It's all of that. And, you know, cause I'm not, I've been there and I'm, I'm not sharing my journey. I'm getting their, them to be aware of their own journey. Mm-hmm. And you know, what's really interesting about this particular chart that I'm looking at. Um, I couldn't help but see this and connect while we're talking about this is that in the chart, is there's the idea that your kismet client or your ideal client, the client that's born to be working with you is in your chart. And they're found in the 12th house. And the 12th house, um, your 12th house has a lot of Sagittarius and a sliver of Scorpio. And Scorpio, if it had a tarot card, it would be the death card. Ooh. And so there's, there's, there's a sense that your ideal client is a client who has a lot of, a lot of philosophy, a lot of awareness that they're waiting to access through this sliver of Scorpio death chapters, ending chapters, beginning that's happening in their world. So it's like, it's almost like they've had this, this, this death literal or figurative and then they're they're working to tap into that awareness and they're your kismet client because that's part of you too and you're reflecting that back to them any of our kismet clients is because whatever the 12th house is it's something that we have that we're reflecting back to them that they know they want to access and they, they they might not be able to but they see that in us and so that's why they're coming to us. So they are not going to literally be Scorpios or Sagittarius, but they're going to have those qualities. Gotcha. So powerful, especially knowing that you work with women who have experienced grief, which is, you know, that Scorpio energy, death card, transformation, death, suffering, the dark, the dark spaces of this human reality. Yeah. Wow. Really beautiful. It is. I love, um, I love seeing, seeing how your chart reflects, you know, aspects of our life in every way. Um, I actually joke that astrology is the psychology of the universe, but when you get to see this, it's, there's no coincidence. Um, so the next placement that becomes important to look at is the moon. The moon represents in for most people you'll hear represents your emotions but when you really understand the moon you really begin to cut ancestral wounds you begin to really um nurture yourself in a way that allows you to move forward and what i mean by that is that often when we're feeling stuck when we're feeling like we can't move forward when what we want to do when our soul's path feels not aligned those are typically moments for you to go up i got what's happening to my moon How do I get to nurture the moon? How do I get to take care of it and heal that? And you have your moon in Libra. And let me just verify that just to make sure that I'm not saying the wrong thing. Yeah, you girl, you got your moon in Libra. 
So it's also hmm. really interesting, um, and I don't know why I'm being called to say that, but it's interesting because you have the sun in Aries and the moon in Libra, and those are direct opposites. So the first thing that comes up for my, to, you know, in my mind to say, it's like, wow, like when you're, when you are feeling empowered and like things are flowing, you feel so fiery and lit up like an Aries, but when things are off, you probably feel very indecisive, very flighty, very in your head, very Aries. Yeah. That's yeah. that that's that Libra that's a Libra moon, which is interesting because it's such a it's almost like, you know, I hate saying, but it's like a seesaw, like emotional seesaw. Like when you're great, it's fire and action, and when you're not great, it's like floating all over the place and not knowing how to bring it down to earth almost. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And so that's where we get to um really pay attention. Like the first thing that comes up for me is, you know, you, so the it's it's so much and it's let me just look it's in the ninth house which is interesting because that ninth house is Sagittarius energy so it's almost that that even like amplifies like there's this lack of it's like you can't make up your mind it's so hard for you to take all that philosophy because it's moon and Libra in the ninth house ninth house of Sagittarius your jam is that philosophy right you're here to teach people expanded awareness but when you feel off. Um, that ninth house Libra just makes you feel so indecisive. And so it, it must be like, here's the, what comes up for me. It's, it must feel really hard for you to feel confident about what to decide, how to decide. Yes. That's so true. And so that's, that's what you get to work on. That's what you get to nurture. And when I think about Libra, Libra, the gift of Libra, so every sign has the shadow. And so when you're in these emotions, you're probably feeling the shadow, which is that indecision. But to nurture it, you get to bring the gifts of Libra. You, the gifts of Libra is diplomacy. The gifts of Libra is also making things beautiful. And, I, mm. and, so, and so here's the thing, like the moon, in order to help you move your mission of helping these grieving widows to really access their awareness. Libra is almost saying like, I, I can't really help you unless there's a sense of this, this being beautiful for them. This being like really, um, you know, this feeling safe for them. Like Libra is like, she could see both sides, the darkness and the light, the good and the bad, the right, the wrong. She's going to look at all the things. So the indecision is because she could see all sides, but the gift is she makes like this process for you diplomatic. And she's probably going to bring beauty, something that's going to really make this not such a, like a, a, a heavy, dark, situation i don't want to use the word ugly because death isn't ugly but people sometimes associate death with all these terrible things and i'm almost feeling like the moon in libra for your mission is saying i can't move it forward unless you know how to make it a beautiful thing for them i, I what i just wrote down was what i want is to help grieving widows create a beautiful world for their for oh, themselves amazing amazing right exactly because you're right there is that light in the dark and i think part of you know my journey was i always saw the light like i never i mean yes there's death is darkness and 
I kept choosing the light over and over again and creating a beautiful world for myself. And that's what I want others to do is to see that light and create their world. I love it. I love it. And that's when the moon supports you. That's when, when the moon stops holding you back and making you feel indecisive and stuck when you bring that beauty to your cause and to your mission. Yes. I that love it. Beautiful, Alona. Oh, it's thank you. It's just my interpretation, but it's your chart. I love it. <laughs> now, <laughs> the next thing I want to talk about is Mercury because Mercury is kind of is the fourth um, of these board members that I that I joke about. But Mercury is we all know it to be that planet that goes retrograde, but it's bigger than that. So the Mercury is actually more sensitive than the Moon because when we're really working with Mercury. We're not just using our 3D intellect. It's not just communication. It's your intellect and the third dimension, but it's higher consciousness in the fifth dimension. And when you work with Mercury at its highest level, you're operating from higher consciousness and not from intellect. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So you have Mercury in Aries. And so when we work with Mercury, it's saying, okay, Aries, you've got you, you're really, you're, you've got some power and in order for you to access your higher consciousness, you get to tame down your shadow. And so when I'm looking at Aries in Mercury, I think about the mind. It's like, wow, you get so many strokes of genius. That is the gift of Mercury. And I can't help but think of all this fire that you're generating and it's going to burn your mind out. And so when you're, you're like, you know, when you're idea after idea, after idea, after idea, when do you, how do you not let that all like burn out instead of really harnessing those ideas and creating something powerful with, with that? That's a really good question. Cause I feel <laughs> like that's exactly where I get to. Like I have all of these ideas and because like they come and they come and they come and then I flip to that. What was it? The moon sign. No, moon signs, Libra, right? Yeah. The, the, the moon and with, Libra. Yeah, the moon and Libra. And then, like, because then I get burnt out and I'm, I'm like, out here with all of my ideas. And what do I like, do? Well, which one do I do? What, what do yeah. I do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's almost like you get to, you get to learn how to harness it. Like, you don't want, I always joke, because fire is beautiful. Fire generates heat. It generates passion. It generates energy. But when it's too much, it burns, it burns yourself and it burns others. So it's when, in order for you to tap into the higher consciousness and you say, let me take that fire and learn how to harness it and, and learn where to put the heat rather than letting the heat spread all over and burn out. Okay. And so then those are your primary soul path warriors and then we have two positions that i always love to talk about i feel like they're really important um i have recently discovered the power of the north and south node and those so we focus on the north node but we talk about the south node because it kind of helps insights on your north node so north node is important because actually without you working on your north node you cannot accomplish your soul's path mission. Okay. So you can help these widows access their higher awareness, their, their philosophy, their expanded consciousness. If you don't tap into your North node in Pisces, and this is super juicy in my opinion. Hmm. <laughs> so 
our north nodes is what's challenging for us, especially for us to step into so we can do our work. And the south node is what I call our jam. It's like super easy for us, like we could do it with our eyes closed. So your south node is in Virgo. Virgo is, um, first of all, she represents health. She represents service. People know her to be the super organized file builder with color codes and things like that. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. See, you it, it's like your jam. Like you're like I can do it's that. It's my jam. I, I love to organize. It's super easy for you to be grounded too. Like super easy for you to be grounded. When things are falling apart, you have both feet on your on the ground and you like you're there. You you're, you're yes. stable. What's more challenging for you and what you are brought to step into is Piscean energy. And Pisces, man, Pisces, like words that come up for me, it's, it's learning to be more empathic than you already are. It's really mm. learning to, to lean towards imagination versus structure. It's learning to tap more into the spiritual realm than the physical realm. It's learning to leave the necessity for a container to make things work. Like what comes up for me is in this work, I'm, I'm curious to hear if you feel like you've needed certain structures and programs and, and you know, methodologies in order for it to be right. Oh, yes. Always something. Yes. Always. Like, oh, give me a new class. Let me put this new certification. Let me get this. Let me get this. Let me do this. And then it's done. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, and it's interesting because that's also very um, Sagittarius energy. They love to collect degrees, but like a Virgo is like, I need things in place in order for things to work. Like, yes. like a Virgo is very much about like things have to be and look perfect in order for it to be moved forward. And Pisces is like, oh, it doesn't matter. Cause like, I know where I want to go. I have a, I have a dream of how it could work and I'm just going to make it happen. And it's, and, it, and it's, and it's intuitive, it's spiritual, it's connected to source and it goes, you know what? It's, it's more about like, you know what spirit, show me where to go, where to be, who to speak to rather than do I have all the papers needed to make this happen? Yes. It's a, it's almost like, I think like when I physically think about it or mentally think about it, I, I can imagine you literally putting your hand out to the, to the universe and saying, Hey, tell me what I need to bring into this work because I already have my feet on the ground and I'm already working with these humans, but you're working with those spirits that they're trying to understand how to live out without on this physical realm. It's, it's really being that bridge to the spirit realm because you're already on the ground with these women. And it's saying, hey, but we're working with the energy of those who are in our different realm. And you get to connect to that spirituality, that sense of intuition, that higher power to really amplify this work that you're doing. Hmm. I like that. What comes up for you when I say that? I, what comes up for me is I think that's the piece of me that I feel like I'm always pushing away. That's why it's your North node. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I think it, it's that piece that I'm like always pushing away. 
Yeah. And this is a call to say, why are you, why are you pushing us away? Like if you were to connect with us, girl, you'd probably have not just more clients, but more clients who are really experiencing the empowerment that fire, that Sagittarius Aries fire that your sun and rising are trying to give them. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you get to work on. You get to work on embracing your spirituality in order to, to be real, the most powerful version of yourself in the work you're here to do. And I then, like that. That's such a good piece to work on too. Yeah. And we're in a time where it's like super embraceable. Like people are all about the spirituality. So <laughs> girl, there's no reason not to. <laughs> so true. Now the last piece, that I, well, that I really want to focus on is Chiron. Chiron is the wounded healer. It's what we do for others that we may not always do for ourselves. It's based on a mythological character, who a god whose blood was poisoned. He couldn't save himself, but his blood healed others. And so it is like a karmic wound that we bring in. And I, I, you know, my experience so far as a coach and learning this work is, you know, you get to work on your North node and you get to witness your wound because as you witness your wound, you get to heal it. And Chiron is an Aries for you in the fourth house. So once again, you know about Aries, it's a leader. It's like fiery. It's like super passionate and you have it in the fourth house, which is the house. So, so you had your son in the third house, but you have Chiron in the fourth and fourth is cancer energy cancer is the mother of the zodiac she's also intuitive and she's also a community builder because when you think about a mom she's not just a mom on her own it's because she has your her babies it's because she's nurturing a tribe it's because she's got people around her this community family literally or not that allows her to be the mama bear right and so when i'm seeing this wound in aries in the fourth house is you know I see a leader of a community who doesn't feel like she belongs to be the leader of a community, but you're mm. probably really good at plugging into everybody else's community and hyping everybody else to start their communities. But you're like, Oh, oh, oh but I, I don't, maybe I don't deserve, or I don't know how to, or maybe that's not my role, but there's a sense mm -hmm. of a community that you're supposed to be nurturing, but you don't do that for yourself. That's so true. <laughs> so true. Yeah. And I think as you, as you access that intuition, that Pisces North node, I think the more you work on that Pisces North node and you really step into that spiritual connection, you'll be able to attract more of those, those grieving women who are ready to work with you and expand their awareness. And I, I actually think that that would dissolve that feeling that you don't deserve to be the leader of this pack because they're going to be coming to you. Hmm. That's beautiful. Now I like to end. So we've got a few more minutes. And so I'd love to just say, we do have a little, a little bit more time. I'm seeing a couple of things I want to talk about. So first of all, so actually I, I I'd love to end with Jupiter. Like for you, I want to end with Jupiter. Okay. So I'm going to start with Saturn. Saturn is our leadership style is how we show up as, as leaders. Um, and you have Saturn in Taurus in the fifth house and Taurus 
when I think about a leadership of Taurus, it is dependable. It is rock solid. You've got a lot of earth energy in your chart, girl. So you've got a lot of, um, you know, actually you've got some, some interesting um, earth placements. So you've got this sense of when things when you have to take charge, you are steady as a rock, you are solid. Saturn is like, Saturn is kind of like the father figure, kind of like a CEO type. So if Saturn and Taurus were to get together for lunch and have a conversation and Saturn's a, a CEO builder, he's like an empire builder, he's going to get along with Taurus because Taurus is solid, Taurus likes money, Taurus likes being comfortable with money and being safe and dependable. So they're going to get along, but sometimes Taurus doesn't like to make commitments. It takes a long time for them to say, okay, I'll do it. And so Saturn might say like, you know what, just commit to something already and, and you're going to be fine. I don't know if that resonates with you or not. Yeah, no, it, it does. Awesome. And then, and then we end with Jupiter and this Jupiter placement is super like, I just, I, I'm kind of inspired seeing it based on what you do. You have Jupiter, which is a planet of expansion fortune opportunities and it's going to sound really odd because most people would be kind of freaked out to see it here but you have jupiter in scorpio and mm. in the 11th house which is a visionary it is a community it is a friend of friends it's also a revolutionary and scorpio is the the death card again like it could be, sometimes it's seen as a shaman um it is it is you know some people say that if it were to have a tv um, character, it would be the intimidating high school goth girl because she's like really into going to the shadowy, dark rabbit holes that nobody else is willing to go into. Mm. But once again, Scorpio on the tarot represents death card. And I can't help but think that even though death is so difficult, it has brought you every level of expansion fortune and opportunity that you would have never thought and you probably would have never had without it. So true. So very true. And 11th house is, uh, you know, one thing that comes up for me is um, it's where you get to be different and weird. But like when I think about 11th house and Aquarius energy, Aquarius is all about shaking things up. And so there's been like this interpretation could be like what brings you fortune and opportunities and expansion is really leaning into all of that experience with that you had shaking it up and then creating this soul mission of making it a more beautiful experience rather than a difficult stagnant one. Yes. What comes up for you? That's oh, it's just it's I think it's just very it's eye opening when you say it like that and that's how the planets align. And yeah, you're right. Like and it's so funny because I feel like every time you say Scorpio, I just go, oof. Like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I just always go, oof. And mm -hmm. And I guess, you know, that's that pull though, but it's, yeah, when you say like, you know, yeah, it is, it's, it is, I, I am who I am because of everything that has happened and I'm using that to help others. And it does. I want to, I want everyone to have, to see the beauty, to see the beauty in death because 
it's not all dark and black and gross and awful. Yeah. It, it is, but it's not all, right? It, right. There's aspects it is. Oh, of- it, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not all of those. I mean, it is all of those things. And there's beauty. I, I love that that is what you are a stand for in this lifetime. And I hope that this reading gave you an aha moment. Were there any? Oh, yeah, tons. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> Well, and because you and I talk, you know, often about, and you were there when I'd said, oh my gosh, I really need to step into coaching widows to coach those who are grieving. And when I I remember sitting in a convention with you and I just wrote, I'm the deaf girl, like shit, (laughs) might as well own it. You are the deaf girl. Yeah. And I still, and I've still felt that like disconnect from not really wanting to be the death girl. Mm -hmm. So, but I think this kind of like hit it even more, like just kind of nailed it down for me that I just really need to step into it, harness my fire and go forward with that. Yeah. If I were to, to thread this all together, I would say you're here to expand the awareness that there is beauty even in death. Yes. That's really, we were, to, we, were put to, we were put these together. There's beauty even in death. You're here to expand that awareness and it'll accelerate the moment you tap into your spiritual intuitive side. Yes. Hence my silver linings. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, friend, for booking this reading. I can't wait to see what happens as uh, other people get to see the beauty in death, just like oh. you. Thank you, Alona. Thank you, darling.